It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and as the music tells you, it is an Articles of News episode, and a little bit different as far as Articles of News. Normally, we take a break and come back in the second block and do actual Articles of News, Uh, but in the second block today, Nate Eaton from East Idaho News, he comes in and tells us the latest from the Chad and Lori Daybell case. That's the case out of... uh, uh, St. Anthony is uh, technically, I guess, where that's out of in Idaho, um, gives us an update because they, they that is Chad and Lori, were back in court this week. So that's in the second block. And in the third block, uh, we visit with new friend of the hall, Sean, who uh, came home to his wife and said, hey, babe. I know that you've got a marathon or a triathlon you're trying for or something, but I've got to go help the people of the Ukraine. I'm leaving and flew to Poland. So you'll get to hear his story and what he's doing. That's coming up in the third block, which means we have to do news. But I have to ask you, Mr. Mayor, what is new with you? I have two uh, good news and bad news with me. Good news. My mother-in-law is staying with us, so I get a touch of home uh-huh. here at our house, touch of Utah. She's she always treats us so well when we're there. And of course, she comes here and we're supposed to treat her well. But nope, she turns around. She always treats us really well. So that's been awesome. She leaves next week. And then the the next thing is I have now learned that I am old. Okay, I am now old. Oh, I now have reading glasses. Oh, you do you call I've your, been bl- do you call them your readers yet? Are you that old or just no, I'm not that yet. I'll get there. But I've been blaming poor lighting for two years uh-huh. but you know poor lighting doesn't exist in every room yeah especially outside at noon yeah yeah that's what i started realizing it's not poor lighting yeah I, my I, I need, I my need term of denial for my uh vision loss is i'm just tired i think my yeah, eyes are dry tired. i'm just tired i think my eyes are dry yeah. they're going things are starting to get blurry up close but nope it's it's because i'm tired my yeah. eyes are dry well, you keep telling yourself that as long as you can until you realize it's not it's not poor lighting and you're not tired. Nice. It's your, uh, you're, you're getting old. Oh, mm. but I'm older than you. So I got old sooner. So okay. I, I became old. What I'm really thinking of doing is skid, steering into the skid and getting those half glasses. Oh, the bifocal. Oh, no. The you grandpa mean... glasses. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The grandpa glasses. Even if I never use them, I want a pair now. Sure. Once you have a reading glasses, you need a pair that you can go. You can look up yeah. over. over. <laughs> uh, and and then you get to uh, become one of Santa's helpers every year once you get those ones that just right. reside on the that's end right. of the nose. I mean, that's yeah. your fate. Uh, a very exciting news. I met with my contractor, and we allegedly have a date for moving into the Homesteadman 2 electric Ooh. boogaloo. Elders Quorum called yet? Nope, uh, nope, nope, nope. We don't, we don't. Because we're perfectly capable people, we don't call church to help us move. We 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 call family, and then we guilt them, and then they come, and then a, occasional friends will come and help. But I don't do the the church moving thing. I sort of lay. You know, up. I totally would come help. Yeah, if yeah. I wasn't in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lay up those treasures in store for the future when I can't do it, not for when I can. And no sort of judgment, really. On people that have the war do it. I guess that's how you can do it. And it does make it go quick. But I just feel like if you if you put on a scale, and this is an inaccurate way of looking at it, but if you put on a scale 
uh, a member of your ward has an hour worth of time to be able to serve someone in your ward, would you like them to find someone that hasn't been to church in a while? Would you like them to help the person who can't help themselves, maybe a yard project or a trip to a store or something like that? Or would you rather that they come help a perfectly able-bodied person be able to get something done quicker? And I know that's not the right way to look at it, but that's the way that I look at it. So, no, have not called them. I think I have a, I don't have a problem with people who call the elders quorum. I have a problem with people who call the elders quorum and don't do anything to prepare. Uh, like, you know, I don't have a problem if as the elders quorum, we walk, we walk in, everything's ready. We take the boxes, load the boxes. We take the big, the big stuff that is not too big. Um, and then, um, and they move. And the other thing is, is the not too big thing. Hey, by the way, uh-huh. uh, I know I didn't tell you this when I asked you this, but I have a big piano. And we need to move it too. Uh, I didn't buy, I didn't get any of the piano moving stuff. It's just, you know, f- three or four guys is going to have to heft this onto the U-Haul. Yeah. Um, I have problems with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, any, yeah. Anything that could impale or impair the people that are just coming to help. I think that's one part of it. And be ready. I remember on the mission, we moved this one lady who had not packed at all. We were so throwing things. Yeah, you we were everything. throwing things in black plastic bags until the house got full and moved her out. We moved someone up in Ogden. Won't won't recall. Won't, I don't even recall the name because I don't think they lived in our ward very much. Same deal. Mm-hmm. But then she had the nerve to complain that things were were broken or when they she unpacked them, things weren't packed right. I mean, she was quite upset about it, and we're like, "Sorry, that's what you get when you see." I think that's the last thing. If you if you call the elders quorum to help and you worry about dings and walls and dings in your furniture, sorry, yep. not the right. Not they're going to ding your walls. They're going to prob. They're going to do their best, but they're they're a bunch of volunteers. Yeah, so. elders quorum is not a moving service. Uh, last thing that I'll exactly. say on this is anymore. Genuinely, I do two things if I'm going to help people move because I still help people move. I'm I'm a healthy enough guy. I can do it. Right. One thing is I say I will help you for an hour. And they go, ha, 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 and I go, no, seriously, I'm starting the clock from the second that I start doing stuff to the time that it is an hour, then I leave. And everyone's like, he's not really going to do that. What if we're really close but not finished? Straight up, I told you I'd give you an hour, and I leave. And the second thing, if people aren't packed like we talked about, I will turn around and say, hey, you know what? Please call me. If I have the availability to do it, please call me later today when this is packed up and ready. And I would love to come back and be able to help do that. Perfect. Uh, Let's do some actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. So this is an interesting story. Uh, You remember that we reported on this in the cultural hall a while back. Uh, Fruta, this is in uh, Colorado. Uh, There was a church that was burnt down by arson. And uh, not our son, like, uh, you know, Andy and I have a, a kid that is named, you know. Yeah, I don't we know. adopted Yeah, together. our son together. No, our son, like the fire. Sorry, bad joke. P.S. I have to give you props if we can real quickly recall back when you said there was good news and bad news. I thought for sure you would say that the bad news was also that your mother-in-law was in town and that oh. had been there for a while. I, I thought <laughs> yeah, for sure that was that's... a missed opportunity, yeah. but except for my mother-in-law is never bad news. Yeah. Never. Uh, I do not have the same, you know how the big jokes uh-huh. about mothers-in-law? Yep. I have one of the best, so I don't understand those jokes. Yep. They don't make any sense to me because she's awesome. 
So in Fruta, sorry about that, everybody, uh, this, this teenager who has recently been sentenced, by the way, burns down the building. And uh, now the people of Fruta have said to the church, hey, we, we really want you to, uh, to rebuild this building. They haven't started rebuilding this building yet. And apparently a lot of members in the church in this particular community. But the Fruta City Council has written the following letter. It said, we'd like to voice support for the reconstruction of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Fruta, Colorado. Unfortunately, it burned in 20, uh, April 2021. The building is a great asset to the community since the 1960s. Many of our local citizens, whether part of the mem- membership or not, have benefited and been impacted in a positive way. So I've asked him, please, please rebuild this building. I thought that was kind of a, a kind of a, a, and some people have commented and saying, you know, I don't know that the community should really be involved. But looking further into it, I think it's great for the community to say, you are valuable. Please continue to be here. So I thought that was cool. So, you know, you know, Jennifer Gardner, not personally, no, I know, but she's the 13 going on 30 actress, my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) When they break out into the thriller dance. Sure. It's just amazing. Anyway, but, you know, she and I have something in common. We both have a really strong love of Donnie, Donnie Osmond. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that you shared that with her. That's great. I didn't until a few minutes ago when I was thinking of how to break this up. But anyway, to to that to that point, um, she she recently had uh, a video Instagram message of her because it was her birthday and she's at a restaurant, and so she starts watching this video Instagram message. And who comes around the corner and starts singing along with the video message of him singing? Donny Osmond sings along, and now he's in real. Now he's real, and she's able to get up, and it was such a great. So she's. She is this. You can watch it on Instagram. Apparently, she's a huge Donny Osmond fan. Had a teenage crush on him back in the 1980s. Sounds like she still holds on to that crush a bit. And um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot going on with that. So, Donny Osmond has uh, you know has fans everywhere, and uh, and apparently even me. It, it's so funny because I think that uh, a lot of members of the church, it's sort of the 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 butt of the joke, right? The punchline. Oh, Donny Osmond, right? But for a certain generation, and this is a little bit older than the two of us, like he was, he was insert what? Just Justin Bieber. He was Michael Jackson. He was mm-hmm. you know these this this heartthrob of an individual. He was Scott Baio for crying out loud for many people. Uh, to the point that I know a lot of people found interest in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because of him. In fact, I can remember one woman that we ran into on the records of the church in Cleveland, Ohio, who she had joined the church because of Donny Osmond. Had not been back since, but like this was the impact that, that he had. The pictures of Jennifer Gardner uh, when she's in her teen years, uh, and 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 I think that you know she makes the comment like ready for my date with Donny Osmond at like 14 it's classic <laughs> the video uh it's celebrating her 50th birthday you can find it a link to it in the show notes and i encourage you to check that out uh have you seen encanto i have so, by the way i've been waiting for someone to call yeah, there's a joke and i think you put it on the facebook page about um the we don't talk about bruno and how you should someone should get up in front of their um, the you know, their the congregation if they're asked to speak and tell the people they're going to talk about something, 
mm-hmm. they're not supposed to talk about mm-hmm. and say, well, I'm going to talk about Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've been I waiting. Re- no one's called me to speak. And so I'm, I think I'm missing the up. I think it's too it's coming too late to do that joke. And I'm so sad. No one's invited me to speak. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's finally reaching the the uh, populace uh, yeah, completely, maybe. right? Like uh, there, we certainly, that is we members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, love everything Disney. So we glom onto it. We're sort of early adopters towards everything. But you know when it is saturated, uh, when we have reached the peak level of we don't talk about Bruno because not only has uh, Vocal Point at BYU done a video, which you can, by the way, find in the show notes, but also Alex Boye has now done his version of We Don't oh. Talk About Bruno. So you're able to well, see that as well. Of course he's going to come out. Well, sure. <laughs> well, and, there, and there's certain groups, right? Like I, I, and I have to admit my own folly, and this isn't a, a member of the church, but the Holderness family, they, I don't, I don't think that I've seen, um, the Holderness family's version of We Don't Talk About Bruno yet, but you know that it is past its peak, past its prime, once the Holderness family has done We Don't Talk About Bruno. So, Well, I think it re- really re- reaches um, saturation when the piano guys come up with theirs. Oh, yeah, fair, fair. You're right. That That's where we usher it out. Because they have yeah, to do all the arranging. Yeah, because it's instrumental, yep, yep, and yep, then yep, they have to yep, do yep, all the yep. things. And when you know it so much, the piano eyes can do it, and you can sing along to it without anyone singing, you know we've reached saturation. You've reached a fair point. Uh, what other news stories do you have? Um, I've got uh, 97. President uh, President Nelson is the, now the oldest president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in history. And and it, it seems like the last few presidents, and maybe it's just because I'm more aware of it as an adult, it's like you get to a point where you're like, is this the week that the president's going to die? And I'm not saying that to be silly. You start going, I did this with President Hinckley, and, and I'll tell you, it extends way longer than I expect. Like, I start thinking, is this the week or is this the month? That we're going to lose and we're going to, you know, we're going to get have to get a new president. Um, and I think I don't know if I feel that yet. The thing about President Nelson is we just saw him at general conference and that guy looks like he's easy. Eighty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Ener- energy, easy energy. 72. Yeah. Right. Just retired. You know, President Nelson, 72 years old. He's looking forward to serving a mission with his, like that's the the exuberance which he shares. Like President Monson, that last last few times you saw him at General Conference, you kind of didn't think you'd make it to the next General Conference, right, right? Right. I'd be very surprised if we don't if he doesn't make it to the next General Conference, and I think that's really cool that he can have that much energy and he can be sustained that long, and so it's kind of kind of fun. So anyway, oldest president in church history. So even though he's probably made some other historical things, he's now one more on his belt buckle for as president of the church. I just want to point out that if you recognize this, that it's fascinating, he is old enough to have legitimate memories of the Great Depression. That is true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Born, World War II. Born in 1925, I mean, he, he, yeah. he could have served in World War II. Isn't that amazing? It's just amazing. I'm pushing for 100. Let's go 100. Centenarian President Russell M. Nelson. I would love that. I think that that would be awesome. 
Uh, I, I also have to apologize if you follow the Cultural Hall on Facebook. I said that it was his birthday the other day because it said he's the oldest and I didn't read. And then I was going to edit it. And then, then I just was like, I don't care. A lot of people. When was his birthday? Because I took that to heart and I just told everyone today's his birthday. So yeah. we just no, so his I didn't birthday's read it in deeper. September. His birthday's in September, oh. which he then will become 98. But yeah, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Then he'll beat his own record. Yeah. Every day he wakes up and beats his own record. Beats his own record. That's record right. maker. Uh, the uh, BYU Jerusalem Center is now open, which is super cool. Had been closed down for a couple of years. This, of course, because of COVID and other things in, Finally. in Jerusalem. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, the uh, Jerusalem Center has offered BYU students since the year 1989 an opportunity to spend a semester in the Holy Land, learning about the history, languages, and cultures of the area. It closed because of COVID, March 18th, 2020, and is now reopened. Uh, there is an amazing interview that the folks over at the Salt Lake Tribune did uh, with uh, the um, the guy who is in charge of, why can't I remember his name off the top of my head? I'll find it. Uh, who is in charge of the Jerusalem Center right now. Um, and they do that on their podcast called Mormon Land. So if you want to check that out, um, according to uh, Jerusalem Center faculty member Jeff Chadwick, that is not who I'm thinking of. Why can't I think of his name? Eric Huntsman. That's his name. Uh, he's a previous guest of the Cultural Hall. He's the one that's in charge of the Jerusalem Center right now. A great interview with them if you want to find out what it's like over there. Uh, it's not at full capacity right now. It's about, uh, I don't know, 90% uh, capacity uh, over at the Jerusalem Center, but a cool opportunity for people to walk where uh, Christ uh, walked. Um, the, the building has two auditoriums, a domed theater. Uh, they have local concerts um, and people will be able to uh, start having those concerts at the end of June 2022. 125,000 square foot, eight level structure. Likely you've seen the picture before and then you can go, oh yeah, that's Jerusalem Center. Uh, what else you got? Well, there's the 13 things you might know about Washington, D.C. Temple. I'm going to pick just a few. I'm not going to read all 13, but okay. there are some okay. interesting ones. Um, first of all, did you know that the Washington, D.C. Temple, and I didn't know this, is one of just eight temples with one with an assembly room with a large assembly room, um, and so you know just like this, and it ma and it mirrors in design just you know uh, the Salt Lake Temple as well. Okay. So the three 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 spires and three spires representing the Melchizedek and Aaronic priesthood and a lot of the design inside. So that that's really interesting. So Salt Lake probably um, has one. What are the other ones? Does it say there? It says Manti. Yes, okay. Saint George. Okay. Uh, Logan, okay. Manti, right. Salt Lake, uh -huh. Los Angeles, California, Washington, D.C., Portland, Oregon, and Nauvoo, Illinois. Those Interesting. The... Portland, Oregon seems to be the odd one in that group. I agree. I I think Portland, Oregon. What? I mean, I, I, I no, not, no knock on Portland, Oregon, but I wonder if it was those were earlier temples, and at, at one point they decided that feature didn't necessarily needed to be added to every temple. And so they, they, at that point, you know, when it hmm. decided to go. Yeah, it could way, have been, that but that's to me why, that's to me why, uh, why Portland seems odd. Corey Ward, who does our temple report, he'll be a part of our next articles of news. Uh, Corey, see if you can find out why Portland has the, uh, 
the the gathering place. Give me one more interesting fact about the Washington D.C. Temple, and maybe we'll do the rest of those when Corey comes back. By the yeah, way, if you like we don't that, contact at theculturalhall.com. Uh, love to hear if you like that temple update that we're going to do once a month here in the cultural hall. Give me one more interesting fact. This is one that's interesting to me, anyway. That the that the quarry that they 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 um they built the the temple out of the they got the stone from for that temple mm-hmm. had to be had to be it mirrors the Salt Lake Temple in this regard that when they built the conference center they had to reopen the quarry that they built the temple out of here in Salt Lake well they had to do the same thing the the quarry had closed so to, to, they went and actually reopened the quarry and actually got the same stone to build the the. Probably they had extra things they needed to add on and whatever, so that they reopened the quarry. Um, who, it, you know, in 2018, I don't know how long it's been closed. Let's see, it doesn't say how long it's been closed, but they had to reopen it to actually get this, the same stone. So that that's really cool. I think it's cool when they can do stuff like that. If you haven't yet seen the video with uh, Elder Bednar uh, talking with, I think it's ABC. You can find this in the show notes as CBS. well. Uh, CBS, CBS Sunday right. morning. Yep, CBS Sunday I'm a morning. Sunday morning freak. Uh, well, I, I can hear that. Go back it, back it down, back it down. I'm sorry, oh, I said you, ABC. It's CBS. I'm holding it in. I'm holding um, it in. The only they, good they, news source online, other than this news source. Thank you. Uh, they give a, a peek into not only uh, the temple, but also uh, how the apostles feel about the temple. And it's pretty. It's a pretty well done, about five minute video from CBS Sunday Morning. You can check that out. Uh, that made the rounds on social media. So I know a lot of people have probably seen it already. But if not, it's great to be able to show your kids, especially where the DC Temple is such a big deal um, for the church. Uh, and especially right now, you know the uh, the new Saints uh, book, Saints Volume Three, coming out. That's exciting. That's uh, cool. In fact, uh, as we record this, comes out today. You can get it in your apps, and now you can get the uh, if you like the uh, the uh, hard the hard print the 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 paper. You like to write and make notes and all that. Now you can get it. Uh, you can get it in the church online in, uh, distribution and also in any distribution center as of today. Uh, just it, to co- It's pretty cool because it takes an era, era of church history that we don't typically kind of think about. Like we kind of almost like when polygamy kind of became part, you know, part of Utah, it's almost like we stopped thinking about church history most of the time. Uh, maybe it's just because everything up there takes about a year and then we move on to the Old Testament. So, um, so, yeah. but, um, but truthfully, there's a lot of cool things like the, uh, a thing about the first sister missionaries, the Widso's courtship and some other things. So it's really pretty cool. The first sister missionary, Inez Knight Allen, I'm told that is brother Kyle's great, 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 some level of greats grandmother. Wonderful. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. Uh, there's also the centennial celebration of Joseph Smith's birth. We get into President Lorenzo Snow's journals, so pretty cool to have that coming out. Uh, only got a couple more um, just quick stories sort of of note. Um, maybe we go tragedy first. Um, this from Washington City, Utah. So this is where the uh, new temple is being built, the second one for the St. George area. Uh, families and friends are mourning the lives of two brothers from California who were killed cycling in southern Utah. Uh, Matthew Bullard and Adam Bullard were struck by a uh, struck by a suspected impaired driver. The two were participating in the spring tour of St. George bike race uh, a couple Saturdays ago, and they were hit by an SUV in the bike lane. 
Um, both died there from Whittier, California. Matthew leaves behind a wife uh, and four children, and Adam leaves behind a wife and a son. Both men had their sons riding behind them in the oh, race. That is uh, tragic. There is uh, a GoFundMe set up for both of these gentlemen. Uh, they are members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. If you feel inclined, you can go and make that donation, and the link to that is in the show notes. Uh, worth noting this, because people are always like, the real world. <laughs> oh, that is important. Yep. This is an important story, everyone. Stop now and listen. If you remember Julie Stoffer, I think is how you say it, a BYU student on like the third season of uh, The Real World got in trouble because she was an active uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and an active uh, BYU student. But The Real World, if you've never watched the TV show, they put everyone living together in the same house. This was early days of reality TV. And uh, the church said, ah, that goes against honor code. And she faced uh, honor code violations. She got done with the TV show, came back and said, oh, no, I want to be a part of this. I'm so sorry. Uh, And now this 20 years later, because of a show uh, affiliated with the real world, it's the real world homecoming uh, out on Paramount Plus. They're sort of doing the revisiting folks where they are now from where they were then. And so uh, you could you can find out if Julie Stoffer, the mind of Julie Stoffer, where she's at in her activity with the church has plagued you for all these many years. You can find out. It has. Exactly. I've sat up nights thinking about this. Yeah. Paramount Plus is where you can find it. You um, can also watch Picard and other Star Trek shows on yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do it now because a lot of these smaller streaming services will be gone in the future. So go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and get that done. Let let Netflix teach us all the lesson. Thank you very much. Last story. Uh, this one coming out of Georgia. Uh and it's it's something that the church has done very similarly in the state of Utah, um, but worth noting because we don't hear of the church getting involved in these types of things in many other states outside of, I'm going to use the term, the Jello Belt. That being, you know, Idaho, Utah, oh, Colorado, New Mexico. That's perfect. Yeah, the Jello Belt. Uh, LGBTQ, LGBTQ rights and religious rights do not have to be in conflict, said 54 gay rights and religious leaders in a letter that's published to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, a Latter-day Saint leader announced support Tuesday for legislation legislation in Georgia that would protect LGBTQ people from discrimination while also protecting religious rights. Quote, LGBTQ rights and religious rights do not have to be in conflict. The first name listed was Elder M. Andrew Galt IV. He is the Area 70 of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in that area. The church's senior leadership supported similar fairness for all legislation back in 2015 in Utah when it passed a historic anti-discrimination and religious rights compromise with the church's backing. So interesting to see them do that in uh, other states outside of the I West. love that. I, lo- I love the concept that we've kind of flipped our tune on that. You know, back in the day, it felt like there was a lot um, politically members of the church were doing, and some probably still do, to, t- to take away the rights of others to make their own choices that way or to re- re- reduce their rights. And you find that that whenever you do that, if, you, if, if the government has the right to take away someone else's rights to, 
to do what they want to do, you'll find it won't be long before that government has the right to take away your rights. And I think that's become the worry. And, and, and it's awesome that the, that the church has changed its stance and looked at it from that perspective and gone, oh, wait, if we restrict the rights of these people, then the government can restrict our rights as religious people. And guess what? Um, you know, it's all of a sudden made very good allies between people who were, you know, so against each other, they still are in their way they think, but they can actually work together and actually come to a better, better, better position than, you know, just one attacking the other. So I have saved you from having to do the outro, uh, Mr. Mayor. Coming up, Yay! we're going to talk uh, with Nate Eaton from. It's, it's something about back row yeah. and getting sick mm-hmm. and going yeah. home sick yes. from church. Yeah, you'll get it one day. You'll get it one day, sir. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Keep practicing. Uh, you can uh, hear us talk to Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News. Third block, we're talking with Sean. He's in Poland helping out the people of Ukraine. Thank you for being with me, Mr. Mayor. Of course. Recording stopped. Hold, please. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, several people have requested that we do this. We haven't done this in a long time. We got our friend from East Idaho News, Nate Eaton, talking about the Chad and Lori Daybell case. Uh, For people who don't know, Nate, we probably should set the table, although at this point, you're being irresponsible if you don't at least know by name what is going on. Yeah, we're into this over two years now. And uh, this all started end of 2019. Two kids disappeared, JJ and Tylee. Turns out their mother was in Hawaii marrying a man from Rexburg, Idaho, whose wife had recently died. Uh, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell are their names. And they have now, fast forward, been charged with multiple counts of murder, conspiracy to commit murder in the deaths of JJ and Tylee and in the death of Chad's first wife, Tammy Daybell, and Lori Vallow's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, who was shot and killed by her brother, who is now dead. Followed all that, you you might need to take some notes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a, a crazy story and one that, I mean, it has to be real because you could not write the insanity that is this story. If you took this to Hollywood, they would probably say tone it down. Yeah. Because there's so many twists and turns here. And you've got not only the, the deaths, the horrific deaths of these innocent people, but you've got a, a strong religious aspect to all of this because Lori and Chad Daybell were practicing some very radical beliefs, according to their writings and court documents. Uh, and then you've got money involved, life insurance policies and, uh, you know, different people dying and, and Chad and Lori getting this money after they died. And you've got multiple states involved, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, Hawaii. And um, just uh, end of the day, a lot of uh, heartbroken 
family members who are left to try to make sense of all of this. And a lot of onlookers going on because you have a scenario like this. And, you know, it, maybe it's the, the nature of us as human beings. It's, it's a thing that it seems we cannot turn away from. Oh, my word. That's the truth. You know, you would think after two years, there might be a little bit of fatigue with it. Nope. Uh, I've covered it. But just days ago, Lori Vallow was in court for her arraignment. And we had, I believe it was 35 media organizations asking for our video footage from the New York Times to the national television networks to the local stations all across the country. We put all of our video in a Dropbox and Dropbox flagged it as... Uh, suspicious because so many people were logging in from all over the country. I wow. mean, th- there still is an interest and we haven't even gone to trial and this trial is supposed to be 10 weeks. And if it's going to be, if the judge allows a camera in there to take it live, you know, it will be on court TV, all the, all the networks will be covering it. So yeah, there definitely is still a big interest. So what's the big update then? I think when we last chatted with you, uh, Lori had been deemed not able to go to court mentally, uh, not able to do it. And Chad, I think, had appealed to try and have his his uh, day in court in a different county because he didn't feel like he could have a, a fair trial. Yeah, so Lori was deemed incompetent by some medical professionals. The judge agreed, and she was uh, transferred to a medical uh, health facility in northern Idaho. And that's where she's been for the past 10 months. And just two weeks ago, uh, the doctors there filed some uh documents with the court. We don't know what those documents said, but a few days after that, the judge came out with a ruling that said she is now competent. Hmm. So she was transferred down back to the jail. She was arraigned, meaning she uh, entered the courtroom just the other day and pled guilty or not guilty. Here's the interesting thing, Richie, is that uh, she did not enter a plea. Her attorney said she was issuing her, she was uh, maintaining her right to remain silent. And her attorney asked the judge to issue a not guilty plea on her behalf. I've covered courts and crimes for 16 years. I haven't seen that. So she did not want to issue a plea. Instead, the the court did it for her. And now a trial date has been set. She also waived her right to a speedy trial. A lot of times in these cases, murder cases, you want to draw draw out your trial so that they can be prepared. She wants it right away. So Mm -hmm. a trial date has been set for her in October Chad's case, uh, they asked to move it over to Boise and the judge agreed. Uh, now there's some discussion that the prosecution wants jurors actually bust into the Rexburg area, St. Anthony. Uh, we'll see if the, what the judge says on that. Chad has pleaded not guilty. Their case is legally, I hope this isn't too legalistic, but their I'll case is legally, they're right now they're tied together. So they're set to be tried together in January for 10 weeks in Boise, but with Lori not uh, waiving her right to a speedy trial, she has to have her trial within six months, which would be October. Hmm. So either the judge is going to have to separate the cases or they come to some sort of agreement where they go to court together. I guess the bottom line is things are finally moving along in this case that has taken so long. It seems like on some level, if if, if watching my late night legal shows teaches me anything, that there's some maneuvering then going between the two of them where maybe one of them will say, well, it wasn't me. It was clearly this other person and I just sort of followed along. Is that where you feel like this is going to end up going? Well, one can only imagine that they're going to point the finger at each other. But but I think what's going to happen more is that Lori's brother, Alex, is dead 
he died of natural causes, according to an autopsy, but he played a key role in all of this. He was at Chad Daybell's property the day that police say those kids were killed and buried on, on the land. He was the one that pulled the trigger and shot Charles Vallow, according to police. So he was the one that may have actually done the deed, done the crimes, and he's no longer here. So one could imagine that their defense, Chad and Lori's defense, is going to be pointed toward him. Hmm. So it will be interesting. Um, a lot of people have said, has Lori changed in 10 months? She was at the, you know, the state mental hospital. Um, I, by all indications, I don't know how much she's changed. She didn't appear appear to show any remorse or any sort of emotion the other day at her arraignment. She walked in and sat down and didn't plead and then walked out, said she understood the charges. So We'll see as time goes on if one will turn on the other or maybe they'll just, you know, stand together until the end. And and could possibly stand together, blame it all on the brother and I guess be able to get off as far as this all goes. I mean, that's that is a far cry, but that would be the unbelievable end to this story if their defense is able to say all the brother. Now the brother's not with us anymore and they walk into the Hawaiian sunset together. That would be that would be quite an ending. Uh, the question is, though, how did those children end up buried at Chad Daybell's house and mm. how did he not know about it? Mm. So so that's pretty damning evidence, plus the amount of text messages they have between Chad and Lori and Alex and some other people during all of this. I, I, I have heard from the beginning that the evidence is just so overwhelming and so damning in this case. But, you know, that's not for me. For me to decide that would be up to a jury. And that's one of the reasons they wanted in Boise, because they're worried that St. Anthony, where all of these crimes occurred, Fremont County, uh, these alleged crimes, that they uh, the, the jury would be, you know, biased. But as you said, this is a case that's kind of known across the country and around the world. So. Well, and I would imagine it's the biggest thing to happen in Fremont County, maybe oh. ever. Yeah. Oh, sure. Maybe in eastern Idaho. Hmm. I, I mean, there have been some pretty crazy things here. Some some people call uh, eastern Idaho the Florida of Utah. You know how all the crazy <laughs> stuff happens uh, in Florida? Uh, uh. We've had some pretty weird stories here. Uh, but this one, yeah, you, you can't top this. And the interest with documentary companies and podcasters and and national news networks i think dateline i've been working with them over the past two years we we're up to maybe eight or nine hours Mm. of television on this one case and it hasn't even hit the trial so there's an interest and people are uh, want to want to know and you know you you just wonder how how this all started and, and where it all went wrong and how it got here and so we may start to get some answers, like you said, something something we'll have to flush out, uh, whether it be October because of Lori or the combination with Chad. And in January, we're looking into fall of 2022. I know that there's a lot of people, uh, specifically family members, that within the within the case and within the Dateline specials have been uh, commenting and sort of speaking, uh, you know, I would have never expected this or, you know, I always wondered and had that. What about uh, family members now as this is moving towards trial? Are are they still as adamant uh, in defense or in opposition to Chad and Lori or have people started to change as this has gone on? That's a good question. I, um, I'm in contact with a lot of uh, family members who haven't, or some family members, I should say, who haven't gone on the record or who maybe defended Chad and Lori in the beginning and now 
they just are crushed. And and there is some regret that mm. some of these people went on national television saying Chad and Lori would never do this back before the kids were found. Right. I think when the kids were found, everything changed. And now they feel regret. Chad's children, by all accounts, still appear. He has five kids from his first wife, still appear to be supporting him. Mm. They went on 48 hours in the fall and said he had nothing to do with it. And they were just lined up right behind their father. Uh, they came to his his arraignment when he pleaded not guilty. They were there lined up. Um, so unless something's changed recently, I have not been in touch with them. Um, they they have they they're supporting him. What is interesting is the grandparents of JJ uh, has they have been pretty strong through all of this. But the other day at the courthouse, for the first time, I saw the grandmother just break down, hmm. and she said, "I trusted Lori. I trusted her because." The grandparents had custody of JJ and they, Lori and, and her husband wanted to adopt him. And so the grandparents gave JJ to Lori. And yeah. so the, here's this grandmother who's saying, I trusted her. We would have taken him. Why? And, and so I think that it's the emotion of having to hear your grandson was murdered and that they conspired to commit murder, allegedly, according to the charges. So they, they showed quite a bit of emotion. And um, I, I, I can't imagine the, the type of emotions that will happen when the trial comes. And then you've got Tammy Daybell, the school librarian who everybody loved, who was preparing to be a grandmother for her, her grandkids, first grandkids. And, you know, her, their family live in Utah and they're trying to make sense of it all. They're just a great, solid family. So I, 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 I think the emotions are kind of all over the place. If people want to follow uh, the latest, is it just eastidahonews.com that you'd recommend that they find and follow everything with the case? I recommend people follow eastidahonews.com for everything, for all news. <laughs> but if you are interested in the Daybell news, yes, we do have a tab on our homepage that it says Daybell Investigation. You can click on and you can find it all there. And we post almost everything on Facebook. And I realize there's some people that are like, why are you giving so much attention to this case? Well, as you mentioned a minute ago, there's so much interest in it. So if you're not interested in it, you don't have to follow it. Yep. But, but yeah, East Idaho News would be the place to go. The other question that I would have uh, kind of around this, and you mentioned this at the very beginning, is the sort of religious aspect. Are there organizations or podcasts or uh, upcoming things or things that you guys have done in the past that sort of looks at the the religious, the religiosity of this whole thing? Under the Banner of Heaven coming out later this week, certainly that it, it it's going to take a look at kind of that extreme thought, that fundamental kind of thought, although, you know, not polygamy in the case of, you know, Chad and Lori Daybell, but this taking what members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints go, okay, yeah, that's good sound doctrine, and then changing it and morphing it to be some sort of just out there sort of thing. Is there anyone looking at that aspect of this? We did a deep dive into that when the case first broke, uh, and and I believe it was Patrick Mason, who's a religious scholar, who described it. He described it as a church within the church. Mm. The Chad and Lori kind of had this church within a church, and I don't think there were a lot of followers. Now, there may be a lot of people that believe some of the stuff, but but a lot of what Ch where Chad's beliefs came from come from came from a a book, and I, I don't remember the name, it seems came from a book that was released years ago, um, talking about the second coming and the last days and things like that. Um, in fact, I had a, an anonymous person send me this book, and they had gone through the whole book and marked 
certain passages that related to stuff that we found in court documents that Chad Daybell was apparently teaching. So, hmm. And it was very similar. Um, so we did a deep dive into that. That it, There definitely were, I mean, they were, were by all accounts going to church every week, but Chad Daybell was heard to have approached people in his ward and said, I, I have the 116 lost pages of hmm. the Book of Mormon. I mean, stuff like that, that you wouldn't, say or he obviously does not have those pages right uh and then and then there's the beliefs of multiple probations that that uh, we might know who we were married to in a previous probation and and then you can go into your portal and and communicate with those people or, or be be transferred to another probation stuff that sounds crazy from a science fiction movie but um those are the type of things that they were teaching uh we do know that chad has been excommunicated from the church or uh, dismissed from the church is that is that the terminology i believe that the church uses now yeah um so yeah now as far as the legal aspect i don't know how much the religious aspect will come into the trial it's definitely a major part of the story because the the they were using these religious beliefs to justify their alleged crimes yeah. in fact yeah. in the in the indictment the prosecutor says they were using these religious teachings to justify murder and things like that. So um, I don't know if the defense will play into that, but yeah, that, that's a key element. I would say overall, the the media coverage has been pretty fair to the church or accurate, but I have had national producers that have called and said, what's the difference between you having a revelation that you're supposed to move or take a new job versus Chad Daybell getting a revelation that he, he's supposed to kill his son, his or stepson. You know, yeah. interesting questions from an outsider that you really have to think about. Outsider, that's a bad term from yeah. somebody who's not familiar with the doctrine, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, people should follow EastIdahoNews.com. And if you don't care, it's all right. You don't need to tell me. I can't believe that you took the time to talk about this. You can just go, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Uh, and that next thing coming up in the third block, we're talking to a, a guy who got the call uh, of the revelation that he needed to go and help the people in Ukraine. And so he said, hey, wifey, I'm going to Poland and I'm going to go help people for a couple of weeks. We'll get back to that in the third block of the cultural hall. BestDJinUtah.com. That is the website. If you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event. Now, uh, I've done weddings and uh, family reunions, and I've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party. I have yet to do a funeral, uh, and so I, I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral, and I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark, and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering consider rather hiring me uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com
Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of the cultural hall, I'm excited that uh, we were able to make this work out. Uh, Sean Robinson uh, in a different part of the world. I'm here in, in cozy uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Sean, where are you in this moment, I can see that you're in your car or, or van, maybe it looks like, but tell me where you are and what's going on. I'm at the Korshawa Refugee Center in Poland. Okay, so this is what we're talking about uh, here in the third block. I reached out to Sean, who's doing some just amazing work uh, in Poland, uh, everything around Ukraine. The first question that I have to know, Sean, is uh, what made you decide, hey, here's this crisis, this world crisis, I want to get involved? a good question i guess uh the simple answer is just because i'm i can uh i recently retired and you know i've been watching like the rest of the world this crazy situation unfold and uh i had a friend that uh has a an ngo non-government organization and they're doing uh it's a 501c where they're they've set up a structure to help refugees and I was watching and hearing a few things and I was like there's no reason I shouldn't go I I'm you know I have a couple kids at high school in high school but my wife was supportive and uh, fortunately she runs with this uh, other individual's wife so they knew each other and she felt comfortable and I'm here now do you have a, a connection to Ukraine or to Poland before everything that started happening? No, nothing at all. No, and, never and, been even hardly to Europe. So, so, I mean, the immediate question that would come from both me and for my wife would be, you know, it's not a particularly safe situation. Uh, is there any sort of uh, uh, fear for your for your life for your safety? No, not at all. Um, Poland is extremely safe. It's just like being at home. Honestly, it's uh, all the risk exists in Ukraine. Um, from my perspective, I mean, it could change at any day, I guess. Maybe that's what people are nervous about, but it's, it's very, very normal. People are going to work, school. It's, you know, it, there's, I feel zero risk for my personal safety. So tell me what you're doing there. So, um, Governments are really good at helping people, um, you know, in big ways. Um, but they really struggle at a lot of time, the, uh, a lot of times with individual care, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> sorry. There, this refugee center, uh, I can show you just because you're on here, but the listeners won't be able to see you, but it's, it's a huge warehouse. Right? That's a picture like a Costco or a uh, Home Depot type of a, maybe two or three Home Depots or two, two or three Costco centers. So just a humongous warehouse here. This is one of many mm -hmm. along the Polish border. Um, everyone knows two and a half, maybe it's pushing three. I don't know what the current number is. When I left, there was two and a half million people that have flowed through in six weeks, you know, so... Anyway, the government can handle the masses. That's what they're doing, you know. That's, but um, 
some people get dropped. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, I'm going to tell you a story. Is that cool? Yes, please. So there was a, so we drive nine passenger vans and uh, the last uh, week we've had two concurrent, you know, so we've, we've been able to put 14 people and we, we are based in Krakow, uh, Poland. And daily we make runs down to a refugee center or the border. And we identify people that were kind of, I'd call it point to point. If they have a plan, we will help them. Mm. If they, if they're like, I just want to get out of here and I have no plan. We are not much help because we don't have the governmental resources. We can't provide food forever and help them with, because re- I'm driving a van. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I live yeah. in a van down by the river. Right. So, but we're really good at point to point. So for instance, the first night um, we, we came down and we filled our van and we were ready to head back to Krakow. Um, and this lady came up to me and I said, is there any way that you can fit us in? I'm like, I don't have room, you know, like my van is full. And I looked at uh, my companions and we said, yes, <laughs> she had uh, an early morning flight out of Krakow. She's sitting in a refugee center, which is, safe you know it's safe but it's caught and big lines and the lights are always on so i mean you can sleep but the lights are always on mm-hmm. there's noise there's medical care there's everything you need but if you need to get to krakow at 7 a.m for a flight there's nothing you need yeah um anyway so we squeezed them in one of the guys wrote anyway you can figure out what we did but anyway we fit them you know and she she looked at me and she's, she speaks way better than English than I do, uh, speak Polish or Ukrainian or Russian. And she just said, you're my miracle. Mm. And I admitted I lost it. I had to turn away and it took me a minute. But anyway, and we delivered her to the airport. How simple is that? Yeah. Right? But that's li- just but life-changing. One simple example. Yeah, but life-changing uh, for her. I, yes. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's life-changing for her. But it sure as heck helped. I, I'm I'm just fascinated uh, by this call that you you answered. You know, where friend working with this organization says, "Hey, you know what? You're pretty much retired. Why don't you come along and do this?" And then the support and love of not only your spouse but your teenage kids, who, as I understand, aren't there with you. They're like, "Good luck, Dad. Ha- work hard. We'll see you when you get home." I mean, that's a tremendous amount of sacrifice, and, and you won't say it, but I will, to be changing the lives of the few people whom you are able to interact with. Well, I'm confident we are changing some lives. That, that particular example, you know, that's a point to point. It was very helpful, mm-hmm. but that's just an example. I mean, there are, so we kind of do triage. It's like kind of a, you kind of have to use your dad's sense and your a little bit of the spirit. Um so the next story, we, uh, I don't remember which day it was, but they just all run together. But we, we brought, I think, 13 people in the two vans. And there was one mom with two children that just stood out. They just, 
she was very quiet. Um, didn't say a lot. She didn't her. She actually had, now that we've been interacting with her for a few days, she, her English is again, crushes my Ukrainian and Russian. Um, by the way, it's important for most people to know that almost every Ukrainian speaks Russian. So my, I kind of have a, we call it the mission starfish. I have a mission starfish companion. It's Sergey, and he's from Ukraine. He, uh, his sister was actually evacuated by this organization. He lives in Salt Lake City. Hmm. Um, and his sister and her family were in uh, Chernobyl, and they had to evacuate. And they there is shelling there, you know, like there's devastation. And his brother-in-law, um, Vova, just got back there. And there's a, like a fighter jet that crushed he lives in an apartment there's a fighter jet that was down by the ukrainian forces and it crashed into the, the adjacent apartment building oh my gosh his is uh, i wouldn't say fine but it's okay you know but like the anyway so this organization helped natasha and her daughter get out of uh ukraine and she just this morning we learned uh after a 50-hour flight through amsterdam mexico city and tijuana cross the border and uh anyway she's she'll live with sergey when he gets home mm. and you know her daughter's a senior in high school we all complain i had a daughter that was a senior during covid we complained about the pain you know and this oh there's no graduation and all this and this child is is uh trying to do online school in ukraine graduating and then she changed countries they went to poland and then to germany and then came back to poland and now then mexico and then is now in the u.s hmm. i mean we kind of have just little bumps relative to what the ukrainian people are experiencing currently i don't know if i didn't even finish any of my stories but that's <laughs> there's a couple examples i have to come back to tanya when you want because that's an amazing the triage she was critical care we'll call it and that other family was like first aid Hmm. what do you think because there's a lot of people who have sort of eyes on what's going on but have no idea any of the feelings like that you're feeling any of the th the feelings that the people that are uh, exiting ukraine are feeling and so there's a lot of people that are like maybe they want to do something but don't know what the best thing that they can do is um there's a lot of people that maybe don't even understand the immensity of suffering or of displacement or of uncomfortability or destruction. Insert whatever kind of describers, because I think they're all of those feelings and experiences are valid. Like someone listening, what, what could someone like me do, right? I'm not there. I'm not in a position where I can, you know, hop a van and start driving people. I'd love to. The experience of it sounds, you know, memorable and awesome it's not a position i can be in so what what can i do that would actually move the needle or make a difference yeah so what we do in our point to point uh there's a lot of opportunities to help a lot of these people are crossing the border with uh garbage bags not garbage bags but like uh grocery bags with their belongings this lady tanya had a backpack and a small duffel bag and we didn't necessarily notice we're loading this is a nine, this is a big vehicle, nine passengers, big cargo space, and there's no luggage. 
Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. there's like carry there's it on your lap kind this, of stuff. Yeah. And this Tanya, we wanted to, you know, we got them into this hotel and we wanted them to take them out to dinner just so that, you know, we could talk with her and understand the, you know, how critical, critical care does she need? Mm-hmm. And we took her to the train station to get a ticket to go to Germany. And then we brought her home on the way her two-year-old daughter um, got car sick and threw up mm. and got it on her clothes. And so, you know, she was pretty stinky and we're like, Hey, give us the clothes. We'll wash it before we take you out to dinner. And she, and she was like, or we'll, we just said, give us the clothes and we'll wash it. And then she, she said, um, and then we offered dinner and she said, can I have the clothes back before dinner? And we said, no, we'll get them back to you tomorrow before we take you to the train station. And she's like, well, then we'll have to skip dinner. And we're like, what? That was the only pair of clothes that that child had. Mm. So we didn't take him out to dinner. We uh, we went, the church, the Krakow branch is, the Polish people have been amazing. The Krakow branch has donated clothing. So Sergey went and I'll put it on him. He went and shopped for uh, <laughs> clothes for the two girls. She also has a 12-year-old daughter, Olivia. And yeah, they, they, she returned most of them because they're the wrong size, whatever. <laughs> so then we took, anyways, we didn't take them to dinner. We ended up taking them to, you know, get clothing. And then the cool part about, again, critical care, this is a single mom, not a single mom, but a mom with two uh, young daughters. And she just needed a lot of help. Um, she's lost. Some people are confident. Some people, this is really hard it's life-changing for all of them but it's harder for some than others and this was one where she just needed some hand-holding so what's happened with her is she um, there's some blocks of apartments that uh, the church has and these NGOs and we kind of work together we're not uh, I don't work for the church and does that make sense but I help Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they help and we just kind of are a big team anyway they they kind of took her under the church, took her under their wings, and she is now headed to Germany with uh, one of the, I think it's actually a church employee or volunteer from Germany that's taking her back there that will help her get established, like mm-hmm. the critical care she needed. That's the only one that this, that Sergey and I have kind of handed off. Usually we're, again, point to point, you know, mm-hmm. we get to the airport, get to the train station, and they're self sufficient. We typically provide one or two hotel nights. And let me, that's where your question, how can you help? Mm-hmm. So these refugee centers are, they're safe. But when you put people in the hotel, it's like, it almost is life changing for them because they're just haggard. They've had, they ride on trains with blacked out windows and no heating and air conditioning for hours and hours and hours and get on a bus and it takes hours and hours and hours to cross the border. There's no sleep. It's hard to sleep. And then you get to the refugee center, which again is safe. And, but it's, it's not an environment where you can just relax and putting them, you know, that we, we only touch a few, unfortunately, but we put the ones that we, we self fund and we buy hotel rooms. So if someone wants to help pay for a hotel room, I'll text them, you know, give them, give them, they can text me. I got five, let's see three people just yesterday i finally said okay you can help with hotel rooms and instantly three people are already on my list so 
that's an easy way. Another easy way is the grocery bags. A lot of these people coming across, we've bought uh, Lance Foster is another pe- person you might want to interview. Mm-hmm. He is down here long-term. He's moving his family here maybe in the summer. I don't know. Maybe, maybe don't publish that part because yeah. I don't know if his kids know. <laughs> um, but he plans to be here for, until it's not needed. And he just spent, uh, maybe I won't tell you the number, but he's bought pushing 600 plus pieces of luggage and mm. we as drivers have access to that we're working together and we give them to the refugees so it's again not life-changing but you know they have they're carrying these bags and they're trying to get on trains and they've got kids and they're trying to hold bags and kids and you just give them a roller bag yeah i mean so that's 40 bucks you know yeah and can you know lighten the burden of of uh, these individuals and 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 actually be a tangible thing that you know will be useful. A couple of questions I have about about this is you've mentioned um, you know that he that uh, your your friend is going to stay there until um, the need is no longer there. What is your plan? How long will you be in Poland for? What 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 so what I are we doing for, here? I came for two weeks. I couldn't come longer because my wife is doing her first Ironman, so okay. she's been. It's kind of like a part-time job, maybe full-time job. She's been training and it's an, anyway, for her, it's just a, this an amazing journey for her to, to get to this point in her life. So I'm not going to miss that. It's in Houston, Texas, um, in the woodlands. So Mm. that's my drop dead date this, uh, next weekend. So I'm headed back and then will I come back again? Honestly, women are most impactful. So potentially she would come. Ooh, wow. Like. Because these women, they get in another experience. We brought in a, a, a group of five, two moms with one son, and then the other lady had her uh, sister's children. And um, Marina and Anastasia, and they they were petrified. There's two crazy Americans <laughs> in a van in a country they've never been in. They've just had the train bus crazy experience. They're, they're tired. They're scared. And, and anyway, so a woman or can help a ton because Mm -hmm. it helps put them at ease. So maybe we swap and I got, I take, not that my kids need taken care of, but (laughs) anyway, but I'm sure Julie would love to come. Uh, there are two questions I want to ask you before I let you go. The first one is, how has this changed your thought of the uh, the scriptural reference of mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort? Well, I it's a promise and a covenant I've made. And I think um, that's kind of why I'm here. I could and I can't. Uh, as I was preparing for this interview and you texted me, I was like, I was trying to think you're, you, I was like, what questions are you going to ask me? You said, why? I'm like, oh crap. I had not really thought about why I did it, but part of the why is the scriptural, the scriptures talk about widows and children. And these aren't necessarily widows, but they're separated for a time and they need help. So that's that's kind of my why. The last question I want to ask you, then I'll let you go. Um, we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall this question, and we ask that you interpret it however you would like. But the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? 
Uh, for me, it's, sim it's simply service. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us to serve. And as I study Christ, that's what he did. I'm not a deep doctrinal guy, but I, I can lift where I stand and help. So that's, again, that's kind of the starfish. We call it mission starfish, you know. It may not make it. I can't save everyone, mm -hmm. but I can make a difference for some. Yeah. I appreciate your time, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's uh, You're doing good stuff. Get the word out there. There's yep. help needed here in Poland. We'll make sure that we have and the Romania link. And Slovakia and Moldova. Yeah. We'll make sure that we have the link for people to be able to reach out to you, and we can coordinate those ways that donations can be made. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No worries. There's a, if, uh, if you need a good organization to donate to typeofwood.org is hundred percent goes to refugees. I'm sure there are others, but that's, I've vetted it and I trust it. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.